Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. I'm your host, Amanda. And if you didn't know anything about me already, my name is Amanda. I'm 22 and I'm currently studying full-time at Concordia University in Communication Studies. I also work a part-time job while working on my YouTube, Instagram blogging, this podcast. I also own an apparel brand while I'm in the works of launching my own candle company and I am a freelance video editor. That's a little bit about me. This podcast, like it's called Behind the Girl Boss, I kind of would generalize it as a business lifestyle podcast. I enjoy to talk things all social media and I enjoy talking about people's business, mainly women. On the podcast, I interview a lot of amazing, amazing, amazing girl bosses and amazing people with such inspiring and cool stories. On today's episode, we have yet another guest and her name is Adrian Finch. Adrian is a video creator and an entrepreneur. I don't know if I said that word right. I always make it sound bad, but entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you get what I mean. She has over 400,000 YouTube subscribers, over 680,000 TikTok followers. She is also the CEO and host of Self Made Mastery, the podcast. Honestly, I've been watching Adrian for quite some time now and I enjoy watching her channel because she talks a lot about business stuff and like apps and things as such that really interest me and have helped me in my own ways with my own businesses and my own journey with content creation. So it was really amazing when I had the opportunity to be able to talk to her on the podcast. This is one of my favorite podcasts that I've recorded so far. I feel like the vibe that we had was really cool and she was really sweet and I learned so much from her just by this one hour of speaking with her on the pod. So thank you so much again, Adrian, for coming on the podcast. And I really hope you guys are excited for this episode. And without further ado, here we go. Hey, everyone. What's up? And welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today I'm joined with Adrian. So hi, Adrian. Hi. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on here. Do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'm Adrian Finch. Um, I grew up in Seattle and moved to Los Angeles about almost nine years ago, which seems insane now. But um, so I've been here. I went to film school at Loyola Marymount University. I was super into just storytelling and screenwriting. And also uh, I minored in business. I was always interested in kind of the behind the scenes of like entertainment and marketing and all of that. Um, And when I graduated, I worked or through college and after college, I worked for a couple different entertainment companies and production studios and ultimately kind of stumbled across YouTube as a platform for me to be able to be the creative one and not just be like waiting for, you know, other people's approvals on concepts and being this assistant in a huge corporate world. So I started my own YouTube channel where I could kind of write and produce and shoot things myself. And then I kind of just worked on growing that channel over, you know, a few years until I eventually quit my full-time job and then was creating YouTube videos for a while, still am to this day. But then about a year and a half ago, I had a realization that I wasn't fully fulfilled just making videos. I wanted to do more, I wanted to help people. And I was really interested in kind of helping people online with businesses, with marketing, with scaling things. So I kind of started like consulting one-on-one and doing some of that for companies, like helping them have a social media presence. And then I still realized like, I don't love doing that um, because, you know, I just, yeah, social media marketing is important and it's a skill and it's, you know, necessary, but I was like, I'm not changing these people's lives. And I want to, I want to be like helping people who are up at night thinking their life, you know, is worth more and 
not enjoying their job maybe. And I want to help those people like feel empowered to take control of their careers, of their business, their mindset. So that's when about a year ago, the self-made CEO podcast was born. And subsequently that kind of whole business that I'm developing into something bigger. So that's where I am now. I still am, you know, full-time on social media. I do YouTube, I have a TikTok, I have all the things. Um, And then podcasting is of course, another love of mine. So, yeah. Yes. Well, I love that. Very good intro for that. Um, so I like to do like a little hot seat before we jump into the actual podcast. So yeah. you can basically answer whatever comes to mind first. So what is your go-to drink? Ooh, go-to drink. I think, oh man, that's a hard question. <laughs> I love so many things. I mean, okay. I think lemonade, like if I'm at a restaurant that has a lemonade, it's usually pretty good. So I, I love lemonade, big lemonade gal. Um, also a big cold brew fan. Yeah. But if I'm, uh, I'm trying to think I'm also, you know, if I'm having a, if I'm having a night, if I'm going out, if I'm <laughs> having a weekend, I'm a big fan of the seltzer life. I really hated on it at first. And then I was introduced to another one called busy. Actually, my roommate Morgan, like did a sponsorship with them and I tried it and it is very good. So those are three of my favorites. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, what is your dream or where is your dream travel destination? Ooh. Okay. So I've been fortunate enough to travel a lot of Europe and I'm obsessed. I love traveling. The places that I have not hit yet are actually, I think the top of my list of somewhere I want to go and haven't gone yet is Australia or New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit scared of the spider situation. Yes. <laughs> To be honest, which sounds so stupid, but literally I'm like, oh, that's like in the back of my head about going there. But that sounds really silly. I, I would love to go there. Yeah, I know. I hear about the spiders all the time, but like I've also always wanted to go to Australia. Yeah, I think we can just suck it up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one is one. What's one skill you wish you had? Ooh, I, I honestly wish that I had like gymnastic skills. I used to, when I was a kid, be able to flip and backflip and all these things. <laughs> but I kind of just wish I could like snap my fingers and have it back. Cause I used to love doing that. I used to love it. Yeah. I feel like when we were all younger, we'd always be like more like flexible and everything. And then like once we grew up, it's like, it just vanishes. <laughs> I know. I agree. So you kind of already brushed upon this, but if you want to bring it up again, so where did you go to college and what was your major? Yeah. So I went to Loyola Marymount University. It's like a smaller undergraduate school in here in LA actually. And, um, they have every time it's like a liberal arts college. So they have, you know, a business school, they have all the different schools, but then the one that I went to was the school of film and television. So I was actually a screenwriting major, which was so cool because essentially my whole four years, I was just writing scripts for shows, for movies, for short films, Um, And I was just learning the elements of storytelling and which I have found helped me in so many different ways. It's insane how much just on a daily basis we're telling stories. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're pitching yourself for a brand, you're telling the story of who you are and and why someone should work with you when you're interviewing for a job, when you are writing an email, when you're creating a YouTube video, you know, storytelling is in so much of what we do. I'm actually, oh, actually reading, actually just rereading this book called story brand, building a story brand. And it's basically about how when you're marketing your business and when you're coming up with kind of what your messaging is and what your motto and logo and all of that is there, you want to follow like the seven elements of storytelling because that's what hooks people in the same way. Like a movie hooks you in, there's a certain kind of storyline. And I found that like such an interesting connection to business. Anyway, sorry, off topic, but yeah, (laughs) LMU. So screenwriting major, 
business minor. So like I said, I, yeah, I was very interested in marketing and kind of like figuring out how to grow something was really interesting to me. And I don't know what it was, but I kind of did have this natural ability to like understand how to market something well Mm -hmm. online, kind of even before like social media was as big as it is now. I felt like I had this natural just like knowledge of it, which kind of doesn't make, I don't know how, um, but I was super interested. So I took a lot of business classes as well and just kind of got to know like, okay, how does it work to create a business? And of course they don't teach you everything. You leave yeah. like, wait, I don't know how to do my taxes. <laughs> but I mean, it was a really cool experience. I think it, it opened up a lot of doors in terms of like getting more experience interning and having jobs elsewhere, like post-grad. So that was cool. For sure. Did you like always want to have a career in like the digital world or did that change over time? Yeah, no. So I had no idea to be honest, like I was one of the last people to kind of start watching YouTube. I didn't even realize that it was a whole world. So when I was a junior in college, I had the opportunity to intern. Basically I got two offers. One was at this like traditional um, production company with this big name guy who owned it and like, it would have been a really cool opportunity. And then I got an offer at this place called Awesomeness TV, which was like a digital, like YouTube production company. And at the time I genuinely didn't understand that digital was this whole other world. And it wasn't what it is now. Like this was in like 2014, 2015. And it was not, it was getting big. It was growing, but it was not nearly what it is now. So I actually kind of in that moment decided to take, I guess what would have been at the time, the risky choice and kind of go with digital. Cause I was so intrigued by it. I just yeah. loved I always knew that I loved like innovation and not necessarily going down the path that everyone goes down. And so, yeah, I didn't know the whole time that I wanted to be in digital. And then that opportunity kind of led me to realizing like when I graduated, I got offered a big studio job actually at Warner brothers. And like, that was, that would have been an incredible opportunity. And I was so honored. It's like very hard to, you know, get those jobs. But I I honestly ended up, it was in that moment that I was like, I'm going to run with this digital thing. Cause I just feel like this is, the innovative like new way to go and I want to see what happens and you know looking back I always ask myself like why was I the type of person that was able to take that kind of risk or able to like go that direction and not be worried about the outcome and I think that's something I try to help people with now is like yeah having that attitude it's it's tough though (laughs) yeah for sure um so when you were at dunce school was it always like the plan to stay in LA full-time or like were you planning on moving back home or anywhere else yeah so the plan was definitely to stay in LA full-time at least for a while because again like when I first graduated I really didn't realize that my job would become kind of my own creations Mm -hmm. and and you know I I didn't fully realize that the entrepreneur life was going to be mine so I did want to stay in LA because of, you know, film and TV opportunities for writing and working even, even with digital, a lot of the companies were still here. Um, then I think, and also of course, like my whole friend circle from college is most of them stayed here. Yeah. So we have this whole community here. I always planned on staying here for a while. I never planned on moving back to Seattle because I honestly couldn't do the weather. It was a little depressing <laughs> for me. I love Seattle to death, but I don't know if I could move back. Um, and then, you know, a couple more years went by and, now I'm kind of in the place of like, I did, I don't have to live here. Like I, my job is no longer dependent on being in Los Angeles, but I love the people in the circle that I've created here and I don't see myself leaving, but it's also like, you never know. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never know. So if someone were planning to like move to LA, what advice would you give to them? Ooh, um, I would just, I mean, I'd say go for it. My advice would honestly just be that like, nothing has to be permanent. So I've actually had a couple of friends who've really thought about moving to LA and they ended up getting to the point where they just kept talking about it and kind of didn't do it. And I was like, you guys 
just do it because if it's the wrong decision, you'll know and you'll move back and it's not the end of the world. And I think people are just really afraid of kind of taking that leap. And I get it. It can be expensive. It can be scary. And, you know, going somewhere and telling everyone and then all of a sudden being like, just kidding, that wasn't for me. Like, you know, that, yeah. can, that can feel scary. But I think that's the best advice I've ever given someone because one of my friends did do that. She moved to LA for a few, uh, I guess she was there for like almost eight months, maybe almost even a year. And she was like, this really isn't for me but she's like so happy that she tried it. So my mm -hmm. advice would be to just do it and like find your, your circle of like really genuine people. Um, and sometimes it, you know, you have to have patience as well. LA is a very spread out place. There are a lot of different types of personalities and you know, you got to just kind of wait to find where, you know, where your people are and where your community is. And once you do, it's the most incredible place. There's so much like, opportunity so much to do. Um, but yeah, I would say just going in with an open mind and excited for, for sure. your journey. <laughs> so when did you post your first ever YouTube video and what kind of led you to do that? Yeah. Oh man, this is funny. So <laughs> I, I, well, okay. So I posted my first ever, ever, ever YouTube video, like in, I want to say in 2014. And it was actually when I was interning at awesomeness, I, I was actually a host. I was an on-camera host. So I was on camera, but I didn't understand the whole back end of like YouTube. And so mm -hmm. as I was interning there and being on camera, people kept asking me like, Oh, do you have a YouTube channel? And I was like, no. And then I kind of realized, wait, I could do this myself, but it seemed really foreign. But I was like, wait, I went to film school. I could do this. Let's do it. So I started posting videos probably, I think in like fall of 2014, man, that's like six years ago. <laughs> um, but my videos, I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying this. They were trash. Like they were garbage. So I would say my first like real, real video was in the beginning of 2015. And this is what happened. I don't know if you know who Monica or Shelby Church is. Yeah. You know who those girls are. Okay, so I met them at a random like movie premiere or some something that my internship took me to. We kind of became friends and I started taking them to like my college parties and we, we started hanging out. And then they actually like really took me under their wing and like taught me a lot about YouTube and how to make like good videos. And I actually joined this collaborative channel with them called Just Like That, which back then was like this really popular kind of comedy channel for like teenagers. And um, so they actually really taught me like everything I knew about YouTube. And from, so I would consider my real, real first video like <laughs> 2015. I was actually a senior in college. So I was like, I had a later start to the YouTube thing, or I guess I was just older than some of the other girls that were, I was always like yeah. years older than some of them. So how would you say your content has changed since your first video or if it didn't like, did it like basically did it change or not? Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. So at the very beginning I was creating all the lifestyle videos that were kind of like popular at the time, like my room tour and like, you know, all the things that kind of everyone was doing. Cause YouTube, as you probably noticed, kind of goes through these cycles of trends where, yes. you know, and I was actually just listening to your episode with Kenzie and she was talking about like the saturation production phase and like, yeah. oh man, I remember that. So I, at first I was doing kind of what everyone else was doing because I wanted to, I wanted, you know, viewers to go to my channel and be like, oh, she's like these people. Like, oh, she's another channel that's like similar and follow me that way. Like later on, I could start doing my own thing. But what ended up happening was, so I was doing random lifestyle videos and then I was super into like iPhones and tech and like not, mm -hmm. not like super you know, tech heavy, like the specs of every gadget, but mm -hmm. I was just really into apps and like how to use apps to your advantage and how to organize your apps and things like that. And social media as well. This was kind of when I was doing marketing consulting. So I started making a couple of videos that were like Instagram hacks you need to know to like gain, you know, more of a following. And those videos started blowing up. Those were my first like viral videos. And I literally, my channel grew from like 
60,000 to like 200,000 in a really short amount of time mm -hmm. for those videos. So then I kind of shifted to more of like the social media hacks and like iPhone hacks and apps and all of that. And then um, I would say what happened after that is kind of, I started to branch out and try some other stuff too, but YouTube's algorithm was like being a huge pest at that time. And yes. probably, you know, you know, and you've heard and it was just not wanting us to be kind of outside of the bubble we've created in terms of mm -hmm. content. So it was really tough to break out of that tech. And to be honest, like still to this day, my channel is a little bit like narrowed in on that kind of iPhone stuff. And when I post something that's not related to that, it really is hard to gain traction. So, you know, but now I'm at a point where my content is diverse enough. Like I have the podcast, I just grew an insane following on TikTok. Like I have enough of like kind of different platforms where I'm, o I'm more okay taking risks on YouTube because mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I want to do what I want to do. And I, and I, I created a vlog channel. It's brand new, but I think vlogging is like the best thing. I only really watch vlogs anymore. So maybe I can just phase out my main channel completely <laughs> and have my vlog channel be what's up. <laughs> yeah. I feel like having a lot of different streams and like platforms is also like really important. Cause like yeah. you never know one day, like when something will just like disappear. So I think it's really important. That's like, you make such a good point. That's exactly why about you know, before I started this podcast that I have, that was exactly my thought. I, I kind of woke up one day literally and I was like, okay, Adrian, here's the deal though. Like you've created this incredible platform with this incredible audience, but like you do not own and control and operate this platform. Like you control what you put on there. But if YouTube tomorrow decided, eh, we're shutting down, like you'd be screwed. And that's yeah. exactly when I decided to diversify my platforms and like have other means to not only make money, but to build a community. Because even building a community on YouTube is great. But like the second your channel dies, where are those subscribers? You don't have their email addresses. You don't have access to them. So yeah, you're exactly right. I think it was important to kind of um, diversify and have other opportunities and create a name for yourself in other ways. For sure. So how do you like come up with your video ideas? Well, it's tough because again, it's kind of like, I always have creative ideas, but then I also mm -hmm. always have to think, okay, but what's like actually going to do well on this particular channel, right? Because yeah. my main channel is very like focused on a certain thing. So I would say I, I get, I get inspiration for YouTube videos from watching other creators and kind of like seeing what types of videos I like to watch. Um, and like, obviously what's popular, but then I always make sure that merges with like what I actually like. I'm not going to mm -hmm. talk about a whole topic that I genuinely have no interest in because I know some people can do that. And honestly, I'm jealous, but I cannot, I get like so bored. So I, sometimes I just randomly think of them and I always like write a note on my phone if I like think of an idea. Um, but a lot of times it's kind of just like, what do I think is going to do well and help people and be something that the algorithm is going to like, <laughs> you know? For sure. I also think it's good that you don't like talk about things that you don't enjoy because I for one point I started doing that on my YouTube because I was like maybe this will like help me grow and stuff yeah. and then I just got into this like big like slump of like where I hated everything I posted and yeah. I wasn't enjoying it anymore so I think it's important to stick totally. to it. Totally. It's so important because you know listen I understand that if YouTube is someone's full-time job you know there's there's money on the line there's bills to pay there are risks in in transforming your content in ways that you that might not you know work right away but to your point like you always just have to remember that if you're enjoying what you're doing like it it'll be fine no matter what because i'd so much rather post a video and be like really happy with it like dang i'm proud of this i love it i loved making it and have it not get as many views 
than posting something that the process wasn't fun. And, and you never know the ways in which those things will come back around later. Like if you loved filming this one video, who knows if someone ended up seeing it later down the line and they're like, Oh, we want to like hire you to make something like that. I don't know. It's yeah. just, you can tell when someone's like not passionate about what they're doing. For sure. So I was looking at your channel because I watch it, but then I was like kind of looking at like um, the front page, I guess that's what it's called. Yeah. And like, where do you create your thumbnails? Because they're all like super creative and like really eye-catching. Oh, thank you. Um, So Photoshop, but like you don't need to use Photoshop. I've just used it for so long because I'm used to it. Um, and lately I've been trying to like stick to kind of the same like text font and like colors. Um, but I've been also adding a lot of kind of little aesthetic, like random things to thumbnails. Like, I don't know if you know, Caitlin B, um, she's a, an influencer and she created this thing called sticker styled and it's like these little sticker packs, but like digital stickers. So she, okay. she creates these like glitter, like stars and little stripes and stuff that you can kind of manipulate. So I've put some of those over thumbnails. Um, but yeah, I've been using Photoshop for a while and there, I just love, there are actually so many resources out there though, that were to create thumbnails that are like easier to use or free, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. But yeah, I use Photoshop. <laughs> so do you ever get in like an unmotivated or uncreative moods and like, how do you overcome them? Oh, 100%. Um, all the time. So I think like the main thing that I do, if I'm feeling like not that creative is I literally just like step away for a minute, do something else. Um, the one thing that is really hard with having a creative job is that these jobs started as hobbies. They started as something that we were genuinely passionate about doing and like would have an idea naturally, right? Like, Oh, here's a creative idea. I want to go do that for fun. The second something becomes a job or becomes like, you need to do it regularly. It's a little bit hard because sometimes you can't really force that creativity, right? When you sit down to brainstorm a video, it's not always going to be that super creative idea that you, that just came to you. So I think what I tend to do is I step away. I literally do some, do another task or like go on a walk. But if I'm really pressed, like I need to come up with an idea and I just really don't have the motivation. um, Usually I just go watch other things. The second I'm watching other videos, I just like ideas just start pouring into my head. And I think that's just what happens to a creative person. Um, But in terms of motivation in general, I have actually done a lot of like kind of research and just, I've been very fascinated by motivation as a concept because I think there's this common misconception that like highly motivated people are these people that are like on crackhead energy all the time. Like, like, like I'm pumped to do anything. But in reality, like that, you don't feel that way every day. Even when you love your job, you're not waking up like, heck yeah, we're going to take on the day. What motivation really is like the actual definition is it's like your reason for doing something. So like you think about like, Oh, what motivates you when you really dig deep? It's literally what reason do you have for doing this right now? So another thing that I try to just kind of do is if I'm ever having a day where I'm like, Oh, I really don't want to film this video or like kind of complaining, which is totally normal by the way. But what I do is I try to really like sit there and remind myself that like what I do is so cool and fun. And like, I have so much freedom compared to a lot of people and a lot of other like jobs I could be doing right now. And it does, it honestly sounds cheesy, but it really does sometimes pump me up. Cause I'm like, Oh my, I, it like, I almost have to just fake it out loud and be like, Adrian, literally you're in your own bedroom in your pajamas about to film like a clip of you waking up for a morning routine. <laughs> your job rocks, like get it together. Yes. And it's, it's kind of cool to just kind of remind yourself. It's all gratitude. Remind yourself like 
it's okay to have off days. It's okay to not be feeling it one day and just mm -hmm. do what you can. And then tomorrow's a new day. For sure. Do you have any tips on growing an authentic and engaging YouTube following? Yeah. So I think that now is a lot different than before, um, in good and bad ways. I think if someone were to start a channel now or like have a new channel, um, I think there's a lot of opportunity because YouTube has changed a lot. And I think right now, the important thing is like having a consistent brand of like, who are you and having it be genuine and authentic to really who you are and having there be a purpose for what you're doing beyond just wanting that end result of like, I want this to be my career. I want money from mm -hmm. this. Like those are great goals, but you have to make sure that the content you're making is like, what you want to be making because then people will want to watch it. And I think the best advice is consistency, like having consistent uploads on consistent days. Like to, I can tell you that I never do this and I've been trying to do this for like four years and I just never do But consistency. So people know what they're getting. They know who you are. They understand what kind of video you're going to be posting. And honestly, as much as this is kind of unfortunate, YouTube, like, I think that it is beneficial to stick to one thing. And that doesn't mean like, don't ever like branch out at all, but in terms of like the technical side, unfortunately, I do think YouTube really favors when someone is kind of in one category because then they're like, okay, we understand what this person is posting. We can push it out to these people who we understand like that kind of content versus I think in the past, it was a lot more just personality driven where the algorithm wasn't such a factor. Like if you just posted something, people could find it because it's you and they like you mm -hmm. and people still will like you, but they initially have to find you through kind of what you do. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Um, but just being authentic and, and fun in yourself, I think is the most appealing now, especially like people like more homemade content. They like vlog stuff. They want to just yeah. see like who you are. So yeah. I and I feel like also like vlogs makes it more relatable in a way. Cause like you can kind of like picture yourself as them. I think in the past it was like people wanted, people almost were fascinated by this, like more glamorous, like, Oh, your life is cool. So I want to look at yours. And now it's yeah. a lot more like, I want to see that you're just like me. I want to exactly. like be you with zit dream on and your sweatpants. Like, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're also the host of the podcast self-made CEO. What inspired the name? Yeah. So I think what inspired the name was that first of all, self-made is just like, I just love that term for basically meaning that you are the person who can control and create the life and success that you want. Like it is up to you and we have that ability and power. And I want to empower people to, to realize that and to be able to, to do that. And then the CEO part kind of comes from what I was saying earlier about sort of like me always being the person that kind of didn't go the traditional route and kind of, you know, I went on my own path and I was never the one that was like the best at directing or the best at this mm -hmm. and that in school. And like, I was worried about my future. I was like, where am I going to get a job? And I'm never like the best person. And then, you know, we kind of came to that intersection between like digital and traditional. And I decided to go kind of my own route and create this job and life for myself. And it ended up working. And I was so proud of that. And so the reason I liked using the term CEO is because that's a very corporate traditional term to kind of describe someone in a, it, who is the creator or the boss of a company. So mm -hmm. I loved kind of playing off of like you being able to become the CEO of your own life and your own business and your own, whatever it is that you're doing, um, your own, just everything, your own decisions, your own happiness, becoming like being in charge, taking control of that. So CEO kind of represented like you're in charge of that. 
um, yeah, that's where it came from. <laughs> so would you say your episodes are more like solo or interview based? They're, I think they're more solo. I, I do a good amount of both. I mean, I, I do a good amount of interviews, but I also, it's, uh, it might be like 50, 50. I, mm-hmm. I do a lot of solo episodes because a lot of what I'm doing is literally teaching like a, a strategy or a technique, you know, a productivity technique or some thing where I want to teach you what this strategy is and you can go try it or something maybe that I've learned from a book that I'm now put implementing into my own business. Um, but I love interviewing people as well because I think that it's so important to hear other people's struggles and successes. And I also, I always bring people on that are at every different phase of their journey. So like sometimes I bring someone on who just started a business and like has no idea what they're doing. I've also brought people on who have been like multi-million dollar entrepreneur, successful, like amazing people. Um, and I've also brought people on in really raw, like emotional times. Like I brought on my best friend the second she quit her job after like four years that took her like years to kind of gain the courage to quit. Um, and so I like really putting people in that position of being able to open up so that the listeners can understand that this isn't just one of those shows where like everyone you hear from is this successful, like mm-hmm. unattainable person, because that's not, that doesn't feel real sometimes. It's like, oh, but that's not me. Like I'm way behind. So I like bringing people in at every phase. And I think it helps encourage others to like, oh, hey, like they're kind of where I'm at now, or like that's where she was before and I can start this now. So yeah, it's kind of both. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Like I like that because for myself, like I just started my business and everything. So hearing people like in the same spot as me makes it like more relatable, but it's also good to hear people that like have made it. Cause then it like inspires totally. you and motivates you. Totally. And it's cool to hear even people who are like five steps ahead of you where it's like, Oh, I can see that like coming in my near future, but they're not yet this unattainable, like successful person. Totally. Yes. So when people sit down and like, listen to your podcast, what do you hope they get out of it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Ultimately, you know, each episode, I really make it a point that there is something tangible and actionable that they could do or try or say or think today to make a positive impact on, you know, either their productivity, their, their mindset, their work ethic, whatever it is. So there really are like actionable, tangible things. But sometimes when you're, you know, there are days when I'm listening to podcasts where I'm more just kind of absorbing it, but not like fully like, Mm-hmm. you know, taking notes and like, okay, I'm going to do this after yeah. the show. Um, and I, and I think my goal for those days is just that like, I can always offer a little bit of, uh, motivation and inspiration. I think that every time I listen to kind of business or success or mindset types of podcasts, even if I'm kind of like doing something else while I'm listening, there's usually always like one thing that they said that really sticks out to me where I remember that or, or I get re-inspired to like try my own thing or, or, you know, revisit a project, just hearing someone else's experience and excitement for like entrepreneurship and just for starting something i just hope that people leave feeling empowered that like they can do it too yeah you know and that baby steps are are all it takes like i want someone to leave and just be like you know what i'm gonna take the first step tomorrow because i'm inspired to i try to challenge them to take action 100 percent. um what would you say has been the hardest part about creating your own podcast Ooh, yeah i mean so i got lucky and when i first created it i joined basically right up with the network. So I wasn't doing the backside of it, like the uploading and figuring out all the, that stuff and the ads. I feel like that would have been the hardest, honestly, because I'm, I'm not like not a technical person, but there's just so much that goes on behind the scenes of content. Yeah. And I feel like it overwhelms me sometimes to learn it. And I'm like trying to focus on the content. And then I'm mm-hmm. you know, trying to think about how do I upload this? 
that probably would have been, but I got lucky and they were helping with that. So I think the hardest part has just been like, I mean, ideas have come really easily. I think just like knowing or having faith that what I'm talking about is going to help someone. Cause I think I, I talk about everything that has helped me or that I have learned. And like, my goal is that like, I know that if someone pays attention, they'll get, you know, they'll be inspired. Um, but it's tough to always go in with like thinking that like, sometimes I'm like, is this something that will work for everyone? Or is this just something that works for me? I think actually a better answer to that question though, is like at the very start, I had this fear of just kind of like, who am I to be, you know, teaching people these things? Like who, who am I as a a female in her twenties? Like, who just works for herself, which is awesome. But like, you know, I'm not this CEO of some fortune 500 company. Like who am I to be calling my podcast self-made CEO and be like teaching these things. But I think like every time that thought has come into my head, I just have to practice what I preach, which is like, you can help others grow while you are still a work in progress, no matter what, like Mm -hmm. you do not have to be this top. There's never going to be this top of the line. Oh, you made it. You're done. Like, there's never going to be that. There's always going to yeah. be someone who's ahead of you. There's always going to be a next level you could go to. So I think just learning to, I've had to learn to be okay and to, to trust that I am a credible person to be talking to everyone about this stuff. Like I do have experiences that I can teach people, even though I'm still on my journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, you have a separate Instagram for your podcast. So like, what do you post on there that you wouldn't post on your personal? And do you find that it's helped you grow an audience for your podcast too? Yeah. So I actually have this awesome kind of social media manager intern that I love who helps me with graphics for my um, podcast, Instagram. And the hope at the start was that if you listen to the podcast then the Instagram is a good kind of supplemental um, platform where there's just a lot of little inspiring tidbits, sometimes teaching, but a lot of times just more like little empowering quotes and just, you know, things like that. Um, But my hope was that also the Instagram could potentially like garner its own audience just because people like those posts and then maybe there'd be some cross promo there so far I think I think what's kind of awesome but also very unique about podcasting is that the viewership or the listeners I think it's a lot slower growth because when someone listens to a podcast they are dedicating like 30 to 45 to an hour of their time listening to you it's very intimate and it's very um, you know, you got to really want that. It's, it's really a valuable listener. So it's slower growth, I think, to get people hooked on that. But once they are and they're coming back week after week, it's like so powerful. So I think, I think right now I pretty much have like equal, like I think my Instagram followers are mostly people who listen to the podcast. But to be honest, I'm not positive. There may be some people who have found it from the Instagram who went over mm-hmm. and listened podcast that's actually something I would love to look into more because I'm not sure I'm definitely (laughs) trying to grow both like the reason I have a separate account is just because I think ultimately that podcast Instagram could kind of become a more general like self-made CEO business that Instagram that also is you know helpful in other ways that besides just promoting the podcast but Mm -hmm. little like I see little like business accounts all the time that post just little like quotes and it's very simple graphics, but they're like really helpful and really powerful. And I could imagine it becoming its own whole brand on Instagram. For sure. So in the beginning of the podcast, you were kind of talking about like your long-term goal with like self-made CEO. So do you want to talk a little bit about that if you can? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's hard to always, you can't see the entire future laid out. Mm -hmm. Like I really have no idea. A lot of things change in ways that you don't expect, but like, as you go on, you're like, oh my gosh, this took a turn. 
But I think what my ultimate vision is, is that I want this podcast to segue into like, I want to have online programs and courses or webinars or like workshops where I'm helping people with specific topics. Like on the podcast, we talk about a wide array of topics that kind of have to do with mindset shifting or like business tactics or productivity, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I think that it'd be really awesome to develop deeper and more personal, like both one-on-one group style, like workshops where I'm getting diving even further into all of these topics and really helping people with it. And even maybe creating an entire course that's like, you know, starting your first online business or just a mindset course. Um, I think that's definitely in my near future. I want to call it self-made masterclasses. Um, and then, you know, ultimately I think that I would love to also create, you know, do like live events if that ever can become a thing. Yes. Again. Um, I would love to, you know, just meet with a group of people live. I would love to even go to schools or companies like corporations. I've done a little bit of speaking at like companies um, to help them with certain things, mindset shifts and productivity. And I just love all of that. So I kind of see it being this all encompassing thing. I also, this is so random, but like, I've always wanted to create a planner, like to design a planner because I'm such a planner girl and I literally hate like every planner out there. And this yes. is unrelated, <laughs> but at the same time, like, I think that a lot of my productivity and a lot of like how I operate as an entrepreneur, like my planner is really important. And I think it could be cool to create and design one and, and, you know, have that be available to other people to sell it. So we'll see. That could be a fun little side project for yeah, or something. Super yeah. Yeah, I'll let you that. know. <laughs> awesome. Um, so to end it off, basically, um, I asked people on Instagram to ask questions, and I got quite a few. So okay. the first one is, "What is your definition of a boss babe or a girl boss?" Ooh, I love that. I just think, first of all, like it's so being a woman is like the most empowering thing because I think we're just in such a cool time right now where we really can come together and create awesome communities and lift each other up and. So I think a girl boss is like someone who isn't willing to take no for an answer, especially from potential authorities or males or whatever else, just someone who is innovative and is, you know, confident in their ability to create success for themselves, to help others. Um, and people who want to lift each other up, I think girl bosses and, you know, as a community, like we all want to help each other and lift each other up and be there for each other and support each other. And I think you know, there are definitely some people out there who do the opposite and who kind of want to like bring each other down and they think that's going to help them get to where they want to go, but it is not. So that's kind of my definition. Awesome. Um, do you have any tips for organization? Ooh, yeah. I mean, so many, like what category? <laughs> uh, like, well, okay. Yes. Yeah. So organizing in, I find organization in life. Okay. Here's my tip the way that you organize your life or your planner or your computer hard drive or your bedroom is the way that you're going to organize your thoughts and your decisions and your mindset, your business. Like it's all connected. So I, like my biggest advice is just like act in life and in your personal life, the way that you want to act in your business. So like for me, for example, like I used to, I mean, still, I'm still getting better, but like I used to be just be the messiest person in terms of like my bed, my physical space, like my bedroom, my house, just like clothes everywhere, not super organized. And I'm not kidding. It would, it would like manifest itself in then my email inbox being disorganized and like not remembering a phone call and like everything was scattered. And it's like the second I made it a priority to like organize 
my physical space, my mental space and my digital space became a lot more organized as well. So I think like that's kind of a broad piece of advice, but like organize in your life the way you want your business or your, you know, other stuff to be organized. And I would say my biggest tip is minimalism. Get rid of everything you don't remotely need, like on your computer, on your hard drive, in your, you know, on your bookshelf. It's so hard, but I feel like it's so calming to just get rid of everything you don't need. Yes. (laughs) Um, Do you have any advice on keeping a positive mindset during dark times? Of course. Yeah. Um, Biggest thing is just, you know, practicing gratitude, like no matter what position you're in, no matter what is happening, there's always something that you can point out that you are grateful for, that you're like happy that you have, no matter how dark it might seem, no matter like what place you're in, finding that thing that you're happy to have and just saying it, writing it down, even if it seems silly and corny, like I've done so much research on literally how positivity and, and, uh, you know, positive thinking and gratitude affects our literal brains. So, you know, it, it changes and rewires things in our brain that help us to be happier and more positive in life. Um, the other thing is just, uh, cause you said like how to be more, you, the question was how to be more positive on the, or yeah. stay positive. Yeah. Um, the other thing is just, well, doing things that, you know, make you happy. And I would really challenge everyone to, really dive into their definition of happiness and what they think makes them happy versus really deep down what makes human beings happy. And you'd be surprised. I just took a course, this Yale online course, the science of well-being, And it was so interesting because I found that what makes us happy is not what we think. It's not material goods. It's not good grades. It's not that perfect body. It's really like what makes us happy at our core as human beings is like, mm-hmm. is having an impact in something or giving like do, giving an act of service or an act of kindness to another person, no matter how you're feeling, like things like that can boost your own happiness so much. Um, but, and then overall kind of back to the point that I was making about people living to LA the biggest thing is just realizing that everything is temporary. Like every single thing in life changes or comes to an end. And that's kind of a tough pill to swallow sometimes, but it can be really comforting in times that are not so great to realize like this will pass it is just temporary. You just have to wait it out. Just, just know that this is only right now. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Next week is a new week. Next year is a new year. And that's really helped, honestly. Yes. And the last one is, have you ever turned something down and regretted it later? Ooh, that is such a good question. So, okay. I operate my life honestly without regrets because literally in my mind, like every decision that you make is important to you in that moment. And you don't always know what the quote right decision is, but the beauty of it is there sometimes isn't a right decision. No matter what direction you go, that path is going to lead you to who you are now or who you're going to become. And every, you'll notice if you look back on your life that every major like terrible thing that's happened, like probably taught you something huge, probably shaped you into who you are now or how you're able to handle conflicts in the future. Like And so I always try to remember that and just think like, I don't regret anything because that choice happened for a reason that led me to where I am now. Would I maybe make a different choice if that same opportunity came up right now? Maybe. Um, I don't think I've ever regretted turning something down. I think I've definitely had moments where, so I turned down that Warner Brothers job when I graduated Mm -hmm. and I was kind of on this path of entrepreneurship. And there were definitely moments along the way where I like questioned, like, did I make the wrong decision? Like, where would I be now if I had chosen to work at Warner Brothers? 
versus now. And it usually came though, I realized it was fear-based. It came at times when I felt like maybe what I was doing wasn't working for me or, you know, it wasn't being, it wasn't succeeding as much as I hoped. That was always when those thoughts would enter my mind. Like, do I regret, like, should I have done that? And ultimately like that just, I try to shut up that thought because it's not, this is the path that I went down and I, I can do it no matter what. Um, but yeah, so I've definitely thought those thoughts, but ultimately not, not let myself fully regret, like not taking something or making a decision. Yeah, I understand that. Um, do you have any final words or advice for content creators that are listening to this? Yeah. Um, my advice is just be you seriously. It sounds so cheesy, but just be authentic, do what makes sense for you, do what you know, and you will find your niche. Like it might take you a while. I have been on YouTube. I just want to say this. I've been on YouTube for five years, even though I have a following and you know, it's been my full-time job. I never have felt fully like I found my place. Like I found what my thing is. It works seamlessly and easily. Like it just gets views and people love it. Like I've always felt like this was a little bit of a struggle and a game that I had to play and ups and downs and my views suck this month and then they're okay. And it just, it, it didn't, you know, I didn't always feel like I belonged on there, but I stuck with it anyway. And I also, it led to other things like random, this is so random, but over quarantine, I started a TikTok profile and I literally started it like two months ago. And I'm making videos that have nothing to do with my podcast or my, my YouTube channel. They just have to do with my weirdness and my mm-hmm. like personality. And it's like, I finally had that moment of feeling like something clicked because that profile, like my TikTok account grew insanely in a super short amount of time. Like I went from zero to like 650,000 followers on TikTok in like two months. And my content is literally me talking in a mirror about like things that I think are weird in the world. (laughs) And it was just like people related. And all of a sudden I felt like, oh my God, this for some reason is like the type of content I was like made to create besides the the podcast is a whole nother thing that is like so important to me. But on the side of just like personality-based stuff, TikTok, what I'm making on there, it just like clicked all of a sudden and felt right. And it's like, I've been waiting five years for, to feel that way, to feel like what I'm doing really is working. And really, this is me authentically. I enjoy it. I'm not faking anything and people are loving it and it's natural. So I would just say like, just be patient and try a bunch of things and don't give up when it doesn't feel like it's working. Like just don't, this is always the quote I tell people. I say, if the plan doesn't work, change the plan, not the goal. So like if your goal is to be a content creator or to, you know, work full time for yourself or whatever, like if what you're doing is not getting you there, like do it a different way. Don't give up on the goal of doing that because there are so many different paths and ways to go down to, to be that. So that's my advice. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Yeah. Um, before we end it, do you want to like just um, shout out your socials where people could find you? Yeah. So my, my everything on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram is just at Adrian Finch. Um, that's how you can find all my main stuff. And then the podcast Instagram is at the self-made CEO. It may actually be changing very soon. The handle uh, to like something relating to self-made mastery because I'm actually making a little rebrand going on here soon. Um, but you'll find it probably if you look for that. And yeah, that's pretty much, that's just where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And I really do hope you guys enjoyed it and that you learned so much things about social media and entrepreneurship and so many different things from Adrian. Please don't forget to follow her on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, her podcast, all things as such. 
I really do hope that you enjoyed her. And if you didn't know her already, that you continue to follow her journey. And if you want to support me, please don't be shy. You can follow me on Instagram at Behind the Girl Boss or at It's Amanda Wan. And you can also follow me on YouTube at It's Amanda Wan. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow this podcast wherever you're listening to. And if you haven't yet, to give it a rate and a review. Thank you guys so much for listening once again, and I will hear you next time.